good morning, everybody. Let's stand. We're going to worship Jesus this morning. Happy Father's Day. We are so excited to just worship God. Let's enter in together.
So we pour out our praise to you. Sing it again. It's your breath in our loved one. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. So as a part of worship today, we're going to come together to the Lord's table, and uh, we were just singing this line, it's, it's your breath in our lungs. These are the things that sustain us in this world that's chaotic and broken and torn. It's his breath that sustains us, and then uh, in a very physical and tangible way, we come to a table where we have elements that sustain us. Uh, this, this bread and this cup uh, representing the, the broken body of Christ and his blood that was shed. Um, these are the things that sustain us. These are the things that keep us. These are the things that make us whole uh, when we see around us brokenness and even brokenness in our own lives. And we know that there's a healing that is represented as we come and participate together in, in the Lord's table. In, in the broken body and in, in the, in the shed blood of Christ. And so I, I want to invite you as, as you come this morning, uh, if there's a healing that you are in need of, whether it's in this relationship with, with, um, with Jesus or it's in relationship with someone uh, in this church or, or someone else that's, that's not present here, that you, you can cry out for that healing. And that, and that is um, possible because of what Christ has done for us. And so um, cry out for that this morning uh, as you come. And there are tables here in the front, in the middle, and in the back. Um, Let's make that our cry as we come together and partake.
you stand and continue to worship with us this morning? Now, read. 
to be together and to celebrate the name of Jesus and to worship Jesus together with you. I love you, Overlake. This is it's such an honor to be on this journey with you. Hey, listen, uh, as you grab a seat, give somebody a high five and say, Happy Father's Day. Can you do that right now? Go ahead and happy Father's Day, somebody. That's right. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. You might want to grab your notes out of your handout. <coughs> we are, um, we are we're having a, uh, I, I do want to start with, with Father's Day. And I want you to know, you know, as a dad, I, I take, you know, fathering. I, I want to really do well at, at being a good dad for my three kiddos. And, and I know that uh, that heart's not alone. We found a video that we'd like to show you as we begin today, and this is kind of cool. It just shows the interaction between a father and a young son, so go ahead and watch this. Did you understand it, though? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> huh? Oh, no. Not, not this one. This is the grand finale of this. Okay, the last Yeah, that's the last one. That's what I was wondering. I don't know what they're gonna do next season because they did some stuff this time. Exactly what I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Don't bring that again. You know what I'm saying? Don't do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Like go somewhere else with that, but don't break it here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I said, and then he was like, ah, 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 you know what I'm saying? And I was like, what in the world? But don't do that here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? I thought the same thing. <laughs> we think a lot alike, huh? Right. <laughs> Some of you are going, I couldn't tell what the kid was saying, right? Yeah, neither could the dad, but there was just this great interaction between them because you notice how even though the son was just kind of babbling, the, the dad was leaning in and interacting. And so because of that, the son was actually kind of mirroring what the dad was doing, some of the same facial expressions, constantly looking at the dad and, and just sort of, sort of reacting against how the dad was leading that. And I just want you to understand that uh, fathers, you need to know that's what's happening with your children. In fact, if, if you just want to know what's happening as you do this fathering gig, it's called identity theft. Your children are looking at you, and they're stealing your identity. So the challenge is, dads, make it a good identity. Make it a good character. Make it a, a, a you know, good way that you live your life and a good behavior and good habits and treat people well. Because your children, they're watching all this and they're kind of putting it into practice in their own lives. And so, so we want to set the bar high, right? Isn't that how we want to do it? Okay. Uh, the other thing, yeah, yeah, that's great. The other thing you need to know is that is actually a good picture of our faith, is it not? That we're the ones kind of sitting there babbling to Jesus, and Jesus is the one saying, hey, I hear you. Come on. I see you. Let's do this thing together and, and really leaning in. And so the more we look to our, our Lord and Savior and the more we try to you know, interact with him and, and lean into him, the more it is then that we become like him. Isn't that a beautiful picture of our faith? 
right? That's, that's a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. Okay, grab your notes out of your handout, and you'll see that we want to talk today, have a, have a discussion about baptism. But before I get into that, I want to start with a love story. So I want you to imagine, uh, it just kind of mental sort of challenge here, we're going to imagine being head over heels in love. And so for some of you, you need to like think back, you know, maybe many years when you were just falling in love. Others of you, you just think about how you felt this morning, waking up next to your spouse. Uh, for some of you, it's just an exercise in creativity. Maybe you've not been there. But for in, in my life, you need to know that the very first person that I ever fell in love with was my now wife, Jody. And I had fallen into serious like a couple of times before I met Jody, but never in love. So I fell in love with her. And, and I've even shared with you guys before, like the, the first day that I ever met Jody, I was interacting with her and her parents. And, and then I, I had said goodbye and I got in my car and I was driving away and I looked in the rearview mirror and I could see Jody standing on the corner talking to her folks. And, and it was a blue sky day and she was wearing this yellow sundress and the sun was just shining one beam of light right down upon her and the birds were singing and the butterflies were hovering and there was an angel choir singing, oh, oh, you know, and, and I remember driving away going, oh, Jesus, that, that's a woman that I could marry. And, and I had all of these feelings as I drove away and and those feelings became motivators for me. And so how they motivated me was I called her house and I invited her out on a date. And, and so that was the, the first step. And it was a pivotal moment, right? It, it sort of, it, it progressed something. And, and then a, about a month later, as we were dating, we had another sort of significant moment where we had the, the DTR conversation, the define the relationship conversation. Right? And that's where we first started calling one another boyfriend and girlfriend. And we realized, okay, this is where we are in our relationship. And then I'd say several months later, we had another pivotal moment when we started using the L word in our conversations to one another. We would start saying, I love you, and I love you. And so there was that significant change. And, and then about a year after we started dating, there was this significant moment where I said, would you be willing to become my wife? And she consented to that, and so we were engaged. And then a year after that, we stood before a bunch of family and friends and even people we had no idea who they were, and uh, a preacher and God himself, and, and we professed our love for one another and linked our lives together in a covenant, in a commitment to one another. And, and so all of that was happening. In fact, I think we have a picture of that day right now. You know, it's just, oh, you guys are sweet. You, you, you might think to yourself, oh, they, they're so young or... Oh, they look terrified. That's what I see when I look at this. Oh, they're terrified. They have no idea uh, what's coming. So anyway, I, I start with that because I want you to see that when we got married, we made this public association with one another. In other words, she's off limits. He's mine. And, and then we also made this personal commitment to one another, which is nobody's making us do this. This is what we want to do. We're, we're choosing to knit our lives together. 
And if you're here and you're married today, then that's a similar story. You've got a similar, somewhat similar story to the one I just shared. If you're in a, a relationship and you have a significant other, you've got a somewhat similar story to the one I just shared. But even if you haven't had that experience in your life, you can at least see and recognize the stages that I'm talking about and the progressive nature. In other words, it started with meeting for the first time and then it moved to this having an emotional energy for one another. We call those middle school feelings, okay? So the infatuation. And then it, it goes to this next step of learning about the other person, knowing the other person, caring for and serving the other person. And then ultimately to making a public and personal commitment to the other person. And that's represented here with marriage. But I want you to see that there's a big difference in those stages, right? I mean, there's a vast amount of difference between meeting someone for the first time and committing your life to someone and, and knitting your life together with someone. And I, I want you just to see the progressive nature of relationships when it comes to connection and commitment. And the reason why I start here is because when we talk about baptism, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about this similar kind of progression. And baptism, by the way, is a love story. So if you want to write that in your notes somewhere, you need to. The baptism is a love story. And it's a love story about this relationship that we have with Jesus, one in which he initiates, the Lord of the universe initiates with an invitation, with a call on our lives. He's, he's pursuing us and he's whispering his love to us. And we begin to respond to that love, and then we say yes, and that begins this relationship with last our entire lifetime, and then, of course, for all of eternity. And like the progressive nature of a love story, it moves from just hearing about Jesus for the first time to this place where we commit ourselves in relationship with him. And that's what baptism is about. Baptism is what separates the tire kickers from the car buyers, okay? Baptism is what separates, it's like the difference between putting something into your cart on Amazon or proceeding to checkout, right? You know the difference. Some of you just load up the cart, but you never go to checkout. Don't do that in your faith, okay? The idea is we're ready to make this public and personal association with Jesus. If you're filling in the blanks, the, very, the first one is really simple. It's that baptism is the public expression of my personal commitment to him. It's that public expression of a personal commitment to him. And what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like for us to unpack what are the birds and bees of baptism? What, what is it all about? What is the meaning around it? And so uh, the next fill-in is that baptism is an illustration of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It illustrates these realities, the, the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus and I want, I want you to understand that for, for some of you, maybe you're just coming into this whole church context for the very first time. We are so glad you're here. We're so glad that you're journeying with us. And, but you would have to recognize that it might seem very weird to, that, a, that a, a, you know, kind of a sane and sober adult would allow themselves to be submerged under warm water in front of a thousand or so friends and family and, and how in the world could just being submerged in water and being brought up out of water, how could that have a significance to our faith at all? And, and, and so I want to unpack that because for a follower of Jesus, it's actually really profound. And it's, and it's powerful and it's beautiful. 
So baptism, it clearly communicates the good news of Jesus' love for us because it signifies his death on the cross, his burial in the tomb, and his resurrection. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins as the holy writings said he would. Christ was buried. He was raised from the dead three days later as the holy writings said he would. By the way, that passage is what separates Jesus from all the other religious teachers the world has ever seen. The the truth of this passage is what separates Jesus from every other spiritual teacher that there ever has been. Because it recognizes that Jesus actually is the incarnation of God. In other words, that he is God come to earth in human flesh. He wrapped himself in skin. And he came down and he assumed humanity, died on the cross for our sins... He was buried, and then he rose again, just like he said he would. And baptism is what connects us with that reality of Jesus Christ, with the work that he accomplished. Romans 6, 4 says this. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Right next to your notes, you should write the words potent symbol. This is a potent symbol of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Colossians 2.12 says, When you were baptized, you were buried as Christ was buried. When you were raised up in baptism, you were raised as Christ was raised. You know, if you've ever witnessed baptisms here at Overlake or maybe even in another context in church, uh, you might notice that the pastor leans forward and whispers something into the ear of the person who's about to be baptized. And this is something, it's actually really important, and it's, and it's special, and it's kind of secret. I'm going to share that with you right now. Um, the pastor leans in and says, don't forget to plug your nose, okay? <laughs> and then after the pastor says that, typically what they do is they say something like this. At Overlake, our practices, we say, you are buried with Christ in baptism. And then that person is lowered under the water. And then when we raise that person up out of the water, we we say, and you are raised to new life in Jesus Christ. And so that's the recognition. That's why it's a potent symbol. It connects us with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it identifies us with him. So that leads us to our next point, which is baptism illustrates my new life as a Jesus follower. So it connects me to the spiritual condition the the spiritual reality of my life. In other words, my life without God is dead and buried. Living life on my own strength, living life on my own agenda, living life on my own terms without God, that life is, is dead and buried. But as I'm raised up out of the water, now I'm empowered with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I get to live this new life identifying with the resurrection of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. So friends, I want you to understand that baptism is not what makes you a believer. It's simply what shows that you are, in fact, a believer. Baptism isn't what saves you. It's your faith in Jesus Christ that saves you. What baptism does is it just shows the world or shows those you're getting baptized in front of that you are, in fact, saved. 
And I know it's silly to bring this up, but you do realize that there is nothing magic about the actual waters of baptism. Right? You realize that there's nothing sort of supernatural about the water itself. It's just H2O. I mean, if the water had some mystical quality, our, our job as pastors would be totally different, wouldn't it? I mean, we'd be like grabbing people and just throwing them in the tank, right? They'd be like, hey, get off me. Oh, splash. And they'd come up, hallelujah. You know, it'd just be this whole different paradigm, right? Pastors would be like commandos or something. It'd be maybe more fun. I don't know. But anyway. The idea is this, that the waters aren't, aren't, aren't sort of special. They don't, recognize, they don't make a change in a person's heart. But what they do is they just display the change that's already taken place in a person's heart. Just like a, a, a marriage ceremony, a wedding ceremony, isn't going to make you faithful to your spouse, your spouse. A wedding ceremony simply displays that you long to be faithful to your spouse that you love your spouse and you prize this relationship and you wanna make this an important marker for your life. Are you following me? And so baptism in so many ways is a very similar uh, kind of a reality. And I want you to know if you have ever witnessed a wedding, if you've ever been invited as a guest, sitting in the congregation witnessing a wedding and you think about some of the emotions that you feel when you're in that moment for me, there's always a special moment when I get a chance and I see the bride and the groom see one another for the first time. And, and, it, and it's so often this moment of intense longing and love and appreciation and excitement, yet that anticipation finally culminating in this moment. And it's just so beautiful, right? And, and then you kind of remember, if you're married, you remember what that was like in your own journey. And then when you see the couple exchange their vows and you see the couple, you know, give one another the rings and, and then there's that kiss and everyone's cheering and it, it brings up these emotions as if you're already married. You remember like, oh, I walked that road and I remember that. And, and maybe it's a moment where you actually feel re-energized in your relationship with your spouse. You go, oh, I want to lean even more into the vows I made. I, I want to reinvigorate this love story that we've got going on. Because I, I, I remember that and I want to live that again. And, and I bring that up because I want you to know that when you get baptized, you do that for your entire church body. That, that we all, we, we get to see someone take this step and, and enter into the waters of baptism. And it's that reminder that, oh yeah, that was me and I made that same decision when you hear the witness of somebody proclaiming their faith in Jesus, it reminds you, yes, I want to proclaim my faith in Jesus anew. And, and, and it's that public expression. And so you realize, oh, I need to be sharing my faith in Jesus. And, and there's that re-energizing of our own spiritual journey. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. In other words, the vibrancy of someone else's faith helps quicken our own. And that actually brings us to the next fill-in here. It's that baptism illustrates my connection to Jesus' body, which is the church. The Bible talks about the church being the body of Jesus. And at Overlake, we use this imagery. We talk about how you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus and how our words and our actions, our caring and our kindness are how he communicates his love to the world. But baptism is a powerful way to illustrate this connection. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says... We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a larger integrated life in which Christ has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. 
Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body. You see, in baptism, we are now officially connected to one another as brothers and sisters. We, we are together in this journey. And you might know this, but every single culture has a variety of ways in which the members of that culture identify as a part of the body. So you might want to think about fraternities or sororities and the different things that, that they do to, to be connected and to be part of the same collective. Or maybe different clubs and what it is that is the organizing point around which clubs are built. Or sometimes sports teams. Or you might want to think about branches of the military or something. But there's this culture that all of these groups have and that members of this group kind of interact in a certain way, in a known way. So for example, when, when my family moved up from Southern California to the Seattle area, we moved up 15 years ago. But I remember this. My wife and I had this conversation. We were like, hey, if we're going to land in Seattle, we are going to be Seattle. So immediately we just converted. We, just, we started cheering for the Huskies right away. We started cheering for the Mariners, the Sounders, Seattle Rain, the Storm. We were just like all in. We started buying a bunch of Seahawks gear, right? It just was like we're in. Uh, literally, like, like we began immediately to compost. Like we just were like, we're going to be here. Uh, we bought a Subaru, you know. Um, I, I, I began immediately to drive five miles an hour under the speed limit. Like, I just, you, you know, it's like, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. This is our tribe. Like, these are our people. And, and you just recognize that there's these cultural realities that members of a culture are, operate within. And I just want you to understand that's what baptism is for the body of Christ. It's that baptism is one of those ways that we identify ourselves with one another, that we are the family of God together. Amen. Ephesians 4 says this, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. I mean, that's a verse of unity, is it not? That we are together in this thing, that, that we are one in this thing. Okay. So why do we place value on baptism? Why is it that we would want to be baptized? So I'm going to go through this relatively quickly. The first here is that we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So the scripture, Matthew 3.16, says when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Many of you know that story. He was baptized by John the baptizer. And, and so you need to understand that Jesus himself has set the way for us. He's shown us the pathway in this. And, and I want you to understand that for the last 2,000 years on every continent, you're really talking about billions of people, billions upon billions of people who follow Jesus and have been baptized in the faith, and every single one of those baptisms leads back to his. They all lead back to his. They're all a way of following in the footsteps of Jesus. So uh, th that's the first thing. The reason why we, we place value on baptism is because it's modeled by Jesus. The next fill-in is because we want to follow the command of Jesus. So not only does Jesus live this, but he commands this for those that follow him. So this is what he says to his disciples, and that means by proxy, you and I today. In Matthew 28, he says, Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
And I will be with you always. This is the promise. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we follow what Jesus commands, and we follow what it is that, that Jesus has modeled for us. The next fill-in is we want to get baptized in order to give witness that I believe in Jesus. We want to give a witness that we are believers, that we are followers of his. Acts chapter 18, verse 8 says, Many who heard believed and were baptized. So this is a, it's a personal experience, but it's designed to be somewhat public so that others would see. Kind of like a wedding, there needs to be witnesses. It's an opportunity to declare before family and friends that this is what's important to me. I love Jesus, and I want to follow Jesus, and nobody's making me, but this is a choice that I'm entering into. And then it brings us to the next question. Well, who is ready to be baptized? How, how do I know that I'm ready to be baptized? And here's the fill-in. It's everyone who believes in Jesus is ready to be baptized. When you believe, you belong, and you're ready to be baptized. In fact, uh, the, the scripture says in Acts, and this is how the church began. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. Can you circle that phrase, that day? They were added to the church that day. They didn't take a class. There was no training. There was no, uh, no, no hoops to jump through. It was, I believe, and they were baptized that day. You know, you might think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the right moment to be baptized. And I would just encourage you, you know, the right moment is when you believe in Jesus. Or may, maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I was baptized as an infant, and I don't want to dishonor my parents by being baptized as an adult. And I would just lovingly suggest to you, I, I, I would say getting baptized as an adult is actually a way of honoring the prayers of your parents when they baptized you as an infant. See, they, they, the reason why they baptized you as an infant is because they were hopeful that you would actually be a person of faith. They're hopeful that you would actually live out your spiritual commitments in your adult life. And, and so by you choosing those things, you're actually honoring what it is that they started early in your life. So just some thoughts to have. Uh, what I want to do is I want to give you a couple of stories. Tell you a story about my buddy Dave Holloway. And this was early on in my ministry, and so I was young and in so many ways dumb. I'm still kind of dumb, but I was even more dumb then. And I, uh, I knew that Dave had made a commitment to follow Jesus. I knew that Dave, uh, you know, he loved Jesus. And, and so I was, I was trying to get him to get baptized. And, you know, he was kind of a buddy, so I was putting pressure on him, as, as friends do. And I guess this is holy peer pressure, but it was, it was a lot of pressure that I was putting on him. And, and, and so I was arguing that he needed to get baptized. And I was using some of the same arguments we talked about. Hey, you got to do it. This is what Jesus models. you got to do it. This is what Jesus commands. you got to do it. You know, this is, this is how you know that you're a part of God's family. I mean, this is that, this is that outward sign of an inward commitment. I'm, all this stuff, I'm just giving it to him. And, and every time I'm, I'm arguing, the, the harder I argued, the more he pushed back, right? So at first he was just like, nah, no thanks. And, and uh, you know, and he would have like small reasons, no real reason. I mean, it was just like, nah, I don't feel like it. Or nah, I don't want to get my hair messed or, you know, just stuff like that. And, and I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And the more I pushed, he would push back and push back. And all this happened, you know, within the space of about a, a half hour or so, uh, you know, we're having this argument and, and finally, I'm, I'm getting so frustrated. I'm like, oh my gosh, Dave, listen, let, let's go talk to this pastor that we both knew. I said, let's go talk to him. And basically, we're going to talk to somebody who's wise, somebody in the faith, and he will talk to you and show you 
that I'm right. Okay, so we go to this, we go to this pastor, and I, and I start the conversation. I'm like, Pastor, listen, this is my buddy Dave. He loves Jesus, he's following Jesus, but he doesn't want to get baptized. Convince him that he's wrong, right? Like that's how the, the thing starts. And, and this pastor was so great and so wise in the moment, and he just smiled, and he said, well, hey, I know you both, and I, I love you both. And he said, I'm not going to convince anybody of anything today, so just everybody relax. Like, that's not what's going to happen. And then he said, but Dave, is it true? Mike said, he goes, do you, do you love Jesus? And Dave's like, yeah, I do. Do you want to follow Jesus with your life? He goes, yeah, I, I do, yeah. And so the pastor said, well, well why don't you want to get baptized? And Dave just thought about it, and he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. He got baptized that day. <laughs> I just, it, it just immediately, it's like, yeah, you're right, you know. And, and, and so I just want to tell you, you know, today I'm not trying to argue you into anything. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. This, this is not an example of hard sales. You know, I just want you to know, I don't get paid on commission, you, you know, like that's just not... <laughs> That's not how it works. But I, I do just want to lovingly suggest to you that if, if you love Jesus and if you're following Jesus, why not get baptized? Like, why not take that step of faith and encourage yourself and encourage everyone else around you and just, just really understand that this is a step that you're making in your spiritual journey. I'll tell you one more story about my buddy Mike Spinello, and I have shared this before that my buddy Mike and I, we used to hang out. We'd have these theological conversations all the time. And I finally started getting him to go to this Bible study that I was going to. So he'd start coming and we'd do the Bible study together. And then we'd drive home together. And so we'd drive around Southern California. And he just asked me all these theological questions. And so I'd do my best to try to answer them. And we just, you know, have, you know, kind of drive after drive after drive talking about theology. And and one night, it was just so interesting. He's like, you know, we're, I, I had just answered a question. He had pitched like the 50th question for the night. I just done my best to answer it. And, and there was a pause. And then he goes, all right, Howerton, I'm in. He goes, I, I, I believe. I want to follow Jesus with my life. And I was like, what? Really? Oh, oh my gosh. I had no idea what to do, you know. And he's like, okay, what's, what's the next step? And I'm like, is there something to sign? I don't know. You know, there's no contract here. So I, I just was like... Uh, well, Mike, it's funny because in the New Testament, <coughs> excuse me, everybody who believes in Jesus just gets baptized. And he goes, great, let's do it. It was like 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, let's, let's do this. And so we ended up driving down to Salt Creek Beach in South Laguna and walked down. It was dark, and, and I baptized him in the, the salty brine of the Pacific and and we embraced after that, and it was just this beautiful, special moment of God just wooing a heart into his kingdom. And, and, and once Jesus did, once, once Mike really recognized that he was hearing the voice of the Lord, he's just like, let's jump in. Let's do this. I, I want to be immersed in this relationship with him. And I want to tell you, both of these experiences, are, they're really beautiful and they're special for me. And these guys both married wonderful women and they have great families and they're following Jesus today. But I just want you to understand, I want that for you. I, 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 I want to make an honest follower of Jesus, of all of you, right? Because some of you have been dating Jesus for a really long time. It's time to tie the knot. Are you with me? 
It's time to make this thing official. It's time to declare that you are his. And, and so I just want to say that if, if you're a believer that you are ready for baptism, and, and you might just ask, well, what is it that I need to believe? And so let me just give you a few theological high points, and you might want to jot these down if they resonate with you. You need to believe that God has made you in love. You are not an accident. God's made you in love with a purpose. He, he loves you. He, handcrafted, by the way, if you want to read Psalm 139, you are, you are especially designed image bearer of the Lord of love. He loves you. He made you in love for a relationship with you. But sin has entered the world, and it has so it's separated us from our creator and our heavenly father. And, and because of that, Jesus said, that is unacceptable. He said, I will not let that be the final story. So Jesus came for us, and he lived for us, and he died for us, and he rose for us in order to remove our sin with his grace and restore our relationship with our Heavenly Father. This is the work that Jesus has done on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. So we say yes to his gift of grace. We say yes to his gift of forgiveness. We say yes to his gift of salvation. And we thank him for his patient love over our lives. And then we enter into a journey where we seek to continue to deepen our relationship of love with him for the rest of our lives and in the life to come. And so for some of you, what I'd love to do is I'd love to introduce you into this relationship with Jesus today. See, my prayer is that for some of you, for the very, very first time, you would say, Jesus, I, I actually do believe what Pastor Mike just said. I actually do believe that you came for and that you lived for me and died for me and rose for me. I, I actually do believe that, God, you made me in love and that you want this relationship with me. And if that's you, then I just want to encourage you, step across the line today. Say yes to Jesus today. Receive his grace and salvation today. This is that inward commitment that changes everything for eternity. And then when you believe I just want you to hear, you're ready to be baptized. That's the New Testament model. But for others of you, you have been a follower of Jesus for a while. You know Jesus. You know the truths of Jesus. You're actually trying to live in a way that follows Jesus and honors Jesus. And, and maybe you know a whole lot about Jesus, and yet you've never taken this step of faith. You've never been baptized. Well, for you, I would just really encourage you today. Take this step. Encourage your brothers and sisters. Make sure that you understand that this is a beautiful and powerful part of your spiritual journey. It's that act of obedience, but it's a design to be a blessing for you so that you know you're a part of the family of God so that the whole family gets to celebrate together. So you'll notice on your card, on the connection card, that baptism is one of those action items that you can mark that on your card. We'll get you the information you need. Next weekend, we're going to do baptisms. I'd love to baptize every single one of you. It would take a while. We could figure it out, right? Like that, that would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if that's where you are, you're a believer, but you've not been baptized, go ahead and check that box, and we'll get you the information that you need. But it's time to make that public association. He is mine. And I am his. And it's time for that personal commitment that you understand. This is my choice to identify myself with Jesus for now and for always. 
I want to close our time together by talking about one very special baptism that happened. Overlay got to be a part of this recently. It was, it was right after Easter this year. And it was a beautiful, beautiful couple, husband and wife. And they had been their entire life raised uh, in the religion of Islam. And they come from a very sensitive region in the world. And they have, you know, kind of extended relationships, family members, etc. And so this was a big deal, but they decided, I, I do believe that Jesus has come for me. I do believe that Jesus is both Savior and Lord. And, and not only do I believe, but I want to make my faith secure. I want to make my faith public, and I want to be baptized. And, and so to be sensitive to their story, we're not going to share their names. We're not going to show any pictures of them because our, our services are streamed, and actually people watch all over the world, and so we want to be careful here. But I just want you to know where they were baptized. They were baptized at Waverly Beach Park on a beautiful, sunny spring day in frigid Lake Washington waters. And this wonderful woman and her husband slowly waded into waist-deep water. There were a few friends standing supportively on the shore. There were a group of strangers enjoying the park and looking on curiously and and these two followers of Jesus were fully submerged and then lifted out of the water with the joy of eternal life written all over their faces. You see, their faith was in Jesus Christ alone. And they wanted to be buried with him. And they wanted to be raised in new life with him. And they wanted to be alive in him and a part of God's family with him. And I just want to say, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Baptism is that beautiful picture of God working in our hearts and our lives. And so why don't we pray together now and ask him to continue to do his work in our hearts and our lives. And so Jesus, we come to you now and we know that you have been a part of this entire morning and that you have received our praise and that you've been a part of the conversation and you've been working in our hearts even as we've just gathered here today. I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for your presence. Thanks for the reality that you are here with us. And Lord, I, I do want to ask that if there are any here, Lord, who have never said yes to a relationship of love with you, that today with your incredible love, with your infinite patience and grace, would you wrap these souls, these hearts in your arms? Would you whisper your care and your courage to them and help them see that saying yes to you is just a beautiful, beautiful step. First step. But it's a step that will have benefits and blessings forever and ever and ever. Would you allow them just to say quietly in their own hearts, yes, Jesus, I believe. Yes, Jesus, I, I believe that you came to earth for me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the grave proving you were God in the flesh, and I, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And My prayer right now is that there are hearts all over this room who pray that prayer for the very first time. Yes, Jesus, I believe. Yes, Jesus, I give you my life. We also recognize that there are people here who already do believe, who love you, who have already said yes to following you. They've made an inward commitment. But Lord Jesus, they've never made a public proclamation. 
And so would you work in their hearts today? Would you allow them to just gently hear your invitation to take this next step and to, to be bold and, and, and to really allow their commitment to you to be an encouragement to the entire church body? So would you work in my brothers and sisters of faith right now and help them remove any hesitation? Jesus, remove any obstacle. Just whisper your love and your care and take them by the hand and lead them to this next step in their journey. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for those brothers and sisters in this room watching online who are already baptized believers in you. They're already followers. They're already committed to you, and they've been baptized. They have a public expression of faith. Jesus, for them, I know that you still have a challenge for them in their faith journey. You've got a next step for them. You've got an area where you're already working on their lives, not to plateau, but to continue to climb. And so would you help them take the next step in their faith journey as well. We love you, Jesus. We know that you're with all of us as we journey. We're thankful that you're hearing our prayers. Meet us now, bless us, and continue to carry us forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, we are gonna worship Jesus together right now, so why don't you stand to your feet and let us continue to praise the name of Jesus Christ.
faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. beautiful is that so beautiful to worship him together and so and Portuguese is one of the languages represented here so many more we come together and we worship as one in this body um, you can take a seat uh, for just a minute as we continue to worship with the giving of our gifts our tithes and offerings I, I want to encourage you to just grab that connection card right now in, in your handout and we'd love for everyone to fill this out please do re uh, remember to put any prayer requests on those uh, we want to be praying with you this week about any, any prayer needs you have. Um, and if you're new to Overlake, rather than dropping this card in the offering when it comes by in just a minute, uh, hold on to it. As you're leaving, you'll see a connection center where you can exchange this card for a gift we want to put in your hands. Just our way of saying thanks for being here and checking this place out. Um, we're so glad you're with us today. Um, on the back of the card, you'll, you'll see uh, the, the action step that Pastor Mike just mentioned. Uh, and, and again, if, if uh, you haven't been baptized, this is your moment. Check that box, and, and we'll get the info to you. And then as you're reading through the email, you'll, you'll notice and, and just be re reminded that uh, Thursday at noon is when we need your, your sign-up. So go ahead and, and take care of that before Thursday at noon, and we will celebrate that decision with you next Sunday. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, many of you received a financial update over email from Pastor Mike this week, encouraging all of us to be faithful in our giving so that great ministry can continue through the summer months ahead of us and beyond. Um, and we care for so many needs here in our church family and in our community. Uh, so thank you for reading that and responding and giving as, as God has called us to. Um, our ushers are coming now, and as we continue to worship together through our giving, uh, 
we're going to check out this video about a new initiative, a, a very exciting thing we're launching here at, at Overlake. What if no one knew who you were? Your dreams, your fears, your goals, the things you really cared about? What if they didn't know what your favorite food was, or your best friend, or your favorite sports team? Even simple things, like your favorite color. For children entering foster care for the first time, everything is unfamiliar. They go into an unfamiliar home with unfamiliar people, doing unfamiliar things. Sometimes all the people know is their name. Everybody wants to feel known. How I felt when I first entered foster care, I was scared. I was, I was at a point in life where I was too young to understand what was going on. Just not having the right support around me, just didn't have the right people to teach me, or just not even have my parents in general, you know, just being put into a situation at 14 years old, having to fend for myself, and having to learn what it's like to be in foster care. So, it was rough. Things are about to change, and we need your help. You can be a part of changing a child's life in a radically new way as they enter the foster care system. The Bridge Receiving Center offers a solution to the challenges a child faces upon initial entry into foster care. Through an innovative kids camp atmosphere with therapeutic resources, children ages six and older will have a safe place provided to them for up to 30 days while preparing for their first placement into foster care or to be reunited with their families. The center and its trauma-informed staff will accept children anytime, day or night, with open arms. Services will be provided that kids need in order to have successful first placements. This will lead to more stability and less trauma. Children will receive counseling, individualized tutoring, and learn coping strategies for this new chapter in their lives. Recreational activities will also be provided that will help develop a sense of adventure, create confidence, and build healthy connections with their community. We've worked with a team of experts in the field of foster care. And out of that, we've created a coalition, a coalition that's come together to help kids get a better start in foster care. The Bridge Receiving Center is almost ready to open its doors and we want to invite you to attend the housewarming party on Saturday, June 29th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Join us in commissioning the Center for Service and bring a financial gift or something from our Amazon wish list. Help us fill the house and get it ready for our launch. You can RSVP and get more information at bridgereceivingcenter.org. Thanks for partnering with us on this initiative. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I want to pray a blessing over you before you go. But if you do have questions about the Bridge Receiving Center or uh, you want to meet some of the staff, there's a, 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 a table in the hallway you can stop by, take a minute and say hi and, and chat with them. Uh, and all, as always, if you need prayer for anything, we definitely want to pray with you before you go. Uh, as you're leaving on the second floor, you'll see signs directing, directing you to the prayer alcove or We've got folks who would love to pray with you before you head out. Uh, why don't you stand to your feet, and I want to pray a blessing over you. I want you to receive these words. Why don't you bow your heads and, and close your eyes Receive receive this right now. And now may you go living into the reality that ha you have been buried with Christ and raised to walk in new life, that the old order of things has passed away, and behold, Christ is making all things new. 
And even when you sense darkness or despair around you, may you never forget that you are a part of the eternal body of Christ that holds you steady as you bear witness to the truth that Jesus has the last word. Amen. Amen. Enjoy the sunshine today, and we'll see you next week.